This is the Emergency Medical Minute. Real, raw, relevant emergency medical education. Please enjoy the show. So uh, I would like to invite uh, Dr. Dr. Um, Peter Pryor to the stage. I was going to say Richard Pryor, very different Pryor. But Dr. Peter Pryor is a, uh, is a former emergency physician uh, who used to work at Denver Health up the road and who's now kind of changed his career and works mostly in the medical marijuana realm. So we're going to have a little conversation, a fireside chat here about uh, what made that change and uh, get some of his perspectives about uh, medical marijuana and uh, how it helps his patients. So first, Peter, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really happy to be here. This is a really good experience, and it's good to be in front of a bunch of medical people. One of the things I didn't anticipate uh, before leaving Denver Health was just how much I would miss the opportunities to like sit around and nerd out to different things that are are interesting. Uh, I found all of these topics so far really fascinating and really topical, and so this has been really cool experience for me too. So. Well, well, thank you. Thank you, Peter. So, so let's talk about you a little bit. Um, you know, what brought you into medicine? Kind of tell us how you, you decided to become a doc, first of all. Uh, so uh, I thought about going to medical school and college, kind of had to re-gear and change little directions at the last second, kind of after I figured out what I wanted to do. I joined the Peace Corps as part of a master's program that went, went through Tulane. So I really wanted to do a little bit of traveling and experience. Uh, I thought I was gonna change the world. I mean, not in a bad way, in a good way. <laughs> but uh, so that was part of it. So I got out there and, and realized actually it was a kind of a humbling experience. I realized that Africa was a big place and that Pete Pryor wasn't going to change Africa, at least not right away. So I thought it, it, it gave me some idea of like kind of realistic expectations and kind of trying to figure out what to do in life and, and kind of how to go about figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I went to medical school at Tulane and uh, decided I, I met a really cool Dr. Waggis back. I, he was going to become a neurosurgeon. He was a third year and I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. It was a bad choice that took me three years to kind of figure out how to get out of that. I learned some things though, interacting with doctors and kind of being around people that uh, I, it's, it wasn't really as much of a respect issue, it was more of like they were my bosses and I needed to learn how to interact with them and sort of survive in the medical community and I think that that taught me not to be afraid of anyone and, uh, and to sort of have that, this edge uh, that I didn't have when I was a neurosurgery resident trying to learn how to survive. It just didn't go very well. <laughs> but I needed to, I, I never gave up and I never quit. Uh, I walked away from it and got into emergency medicine a couple years later. Really found my stride, was a chief resident in New York City and, and worked in the Bronx at this really cool hospital and it was a great opportunity and totally changed things around and felt really good. I appreciate the guy that was helping with the AV stuff. I, I did that as part of my residency, and, and uh, that's how I became the chief, one of the chief residents. And, and just really felt like that, that I'd kind of done, that was maybe one of my highlights of medicine. 
I did a fellowship in EMS uh, in New Jersey and then uh, was lucky enough to get a job back home here at Denver Health and had a great experience there, loved it, and uh, near the end was ready to go someplace else, needed to do something different. Uh, I'd kind of found my ceiling and I was kind of unhappy and I was getting very heavy and drinking too much and had not, not doing very well in a lot of ways. But I still loved working at Denver Health and loved working with the residents, but realized I needed to change a lot of things in my life. And I wasn't going to be able to do that there. So I quit and started working at a medical marijuana place, which was, I, I was thinking maybe I'd get into a, buying a dispensary or something and do something with marijuana, but really wasn't quite sure and met a lawyer who said, you're a doctor, be a doctor. And I was like, that's great advice. And so I started, and I don't think he charged me for it, which is really, he probably will now. So, so let, me, let me ask, so, you know, you were a very successful attending physician. You've won teaching awards that I read your CV at Denver Health. And you decided to leave that career behind and go into, you know, medical marijuana. And what were your kind of, one, why were you burned out of medicine? And two, you know, with marijuana, why, uh, how do you kind of, is that something where you're exploring it? Did you have ideas about it beforehand? What kind of drove you in that direction when you decided to, to leave so traditional I, medicine? I'd uh, really enjoyed marijuana intermittently throughout my life, starting in college someplace. And, uh, but I hadn't really thought about like, you know, I mean, I just thought it was like, you know, you get high and you feel high, high, high. High has become a kind of a bad word in my mind because it really doesn't do credit to what, what it is that you're saying. You're, you might, you know, if you're feeling high, you might feel more creative, more prone to do something like this. I don't love being out in front of people, but I actually enjoy, once it's done, I like it. Uh, but so, you know, marijuana has helped facilitate a lot of that in my life. And, and now uh, I found, you know, like when I made the jump, it really was a transition from not knowing what I was going to do, probably something with marijuana. It just seemed like a good idea. I had a couple brothers that, in town that were also interested in marijuana. I thought I'd find my path somewhere in there, but I uh, wasn't really sure what to do. And then that lawyer really did suggest that I just try this. And I, I, was, I had just started working at that place, and it was paying okay, but I really didn't enjoy the way they were treating people. They didn't care at all. Like, uh, I won't mention names because it's not really what I'm about and stuff, but I just met up with some people that made me realize that I could do this fairly easily and be very kind to people, uh, get an idea, a better idea of, of what I thought about it. I worried, uh, I worried that I was going to be seeing mainly only like young kids that wanted uh, cheap weed. And, you know, to be honest, I would have been one of those kids, so I wouldn't blame me. Uh, <laughs> But I didn't want, that's not what I wanted to do. I like, I like, I like some critical medicine. I think, I, I think with the emergency medicine and why did I get out of that, I think, I think it just, I'd seen, I'd seen enough of it that I realized that there was certain things that I wasn't really helping with. It was more of a cycle and I, I just felt like, and, and I think that in the promotion thing, at, at the way things work there, and, and it seems in medicine that it, it just, it, they, were, they were already sort of telling me, like, you're not on target. And so I, 
I didn't want to, I, I didn't think I could become a different person and do things differently. So I thought I needed to find a different path. So let me ask, I think for a lot of our audience, we know, you know, that there's doctors out there who prescribe medical marijuana. I've never actually had the pleasure of speaking with one for so long. What is it like in your normal day and what you do? What is your normal day like? What's, what's your clinical practice like? It's great. Uh, so I, I basically uh, get into work about 9.45 and get things running. I have a very small office. Uh, I was able to to buy a building, uh, it's a small house, uh, 1940, actually interesting from the, built in 46, so just when all this was becoming illegal. And uh, it's a beautiful little place and people come to see me from all over the state. They call from sometimes all over the country uh, and, and they're just looking for advice. They want, they, people are looking for hope. They're looking for a reason, you know, they've, oh geez, they've tried a lot of, different things that haven't worked and they've been able to find like at least the hope of of something working for the whatever thing it is that they have whether it be a cancer or their chronic pain that they're not able to fix with the other things and you know uh i i think that my average day is filled with like me talking to people i educate anybody who doesn't who needs it who doesn't know you know dosing i've kind of come up with very small dosing plans and start them on a very small incremental ways until they kind of find what they what their what their appropriate dose is and people are finding that that's helpful a lot of people kind of already know what they're doing if they've been coming to see me so that education is kind of sometimes comes from them towards me and so they'll tell me how they're growing their plants or how they're uh, taking the plants and then use turning them into something that they can use whether that be uh, a pill. I, I prefer edibles. I think smoking is a bad idea for anyone at all ages, whether it be marijuana or otherwise, just because I think it's, you know, if it turns the tube brown, it's probably turning your lungs brown too. So I think, uh, I think you know, that's really what my perspective is. So I, I like hearing about especially things like edibles and the CBNs and the CBDs that people are trying. I don't know if CBDs work, but I'm like, Sitting here, I'm like at a front row seat to asking all these questions, and, and I really want to learn. I don't, wanna, I don't want people to tell me some preconceived thing. I, wanna, I want them to tell me if it works or not, and I really don't know about CBD. So, so let me ask, tell me about some of your patients. Tell me about some of the people who come to you and, and that you feel like you know, they're appropriate candidates for medical marijuana. And, and how it changes, you know, when you fall. Because I'm guessing not like the emergency department where we see people, it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and we might not ever see them again. You probably see your patients over time, right? Yeah, they, you, have to, you have to keep it annually, and most people don't come more than once a year. I don't really encourage people coming and hanging around or anything like that, but, uh, but they, they have to come every year, and so they, they come to see me every year. And I do, I take about, I book a, every appointment's a half hour, and it takes about a half hour of talking and typing and uh, filling out the thing. But the, the people that I see, uh, I have to tell you, maybe the, the ones that affected me most, and if I get choked up, I apologize. It's just, this is quite an emotional thing, and it's a great platform, so I appreciate that. But there was a guy that came in, and uh, he had, uh, he was 
he was the first patient that had to use the the ramp, and so it was a very emotional thing. And just because I I've spent so much time around hospitals and around patients that are sick and feeling like I'm doing something good, that that was that fear that I was having. That was like I don't want to just go out there and be Doctor Weed or something cool. I want to be someone that's like. Yeah, if this works, and you know, especially if it works, then like sort of breaking down some social barriers and trying to figure out how to talk to people about marijuana in a in a way that that they could sort of appreciate that maybe that some of this stuff is wrong or needs to be learned, looked at more. Like I don't pretend to know things, but I just say like from my experience and from the people that I'm seeing, three three thousand people a year about. For the past like four years, and that you know, like that's me, that's it, you know, and that's and it's awesome. So I I actually love it. I don't know if I have uh, examples because the the people that are you know, it's not really the marijuana that I think is the champion. It's really a lot of the people that are doing this. And so like a, a kid that choked me up the other day came in and he had uh, he he's a wrestler and he'd gotten an injury and he was in a coma for a long time. And he had some video of when he went back to high school, and he was meeting up with his wrestlers. And he comes walking in there, and he's like so jacked up, and he's like getting down in this thing, and and all these guys are high fiving him, and he's going back and forth. And then you can see, it, like, he kind of stands up, and he's like, "I almost fell over right there. I hadn't been ex- I'd been in a coma." <laughs> and these guys are all wanting me to actually, ex- you know, like jump around and do all this stuff, and you know, so that that kid uses it. Uh, he has pain. Uh, he had several fractures in the car accident that had happened, and he has some chronic pain. He's a younger guy, uh, but he's a guy that, like, he's got his life kind of back together. He's inspirational. He knows he is, you know, and he, he kind of walks around just kind of being just a, a great young guy that's like a good role, would be a great role model for a lot of people. And, you know, those, you know that guy I'll remember. A lot of the people, you know, you just see a lot of people, so some of them don't catch your attention as much as others, but he was a good guy. So what misconceptions would you say, because you've been in the traditional medicine realm, now you're kind of outside that traditional medicine realm in, in this new frontier. What misconceptions would you say that you hear from medical providers or that, or that patients kind of come in and talk with you about, about kind of traditional medicine or the medicine that you used to practice? Well, one of, I guess one of the things that when I talk to people, oftentimes I'll ask them an open-ended ended question, which I know we learned in medical school is like a no-no. Um, but uh, what does, does, so a lot of, most of the people that come to see me have pain, so we'll assume that it's a pain patient. Marijuana helps you, does marijuana help you with your pain? And then they say yes or no, I mean usually yes. Uh, and then what else does it help you with? And then they, they'll tell me. And I, I think the, the one that I kind of latch on to the best is uh, when when people say, I get increased focus. I know that I'm talking to someone that uses it in a similar type way that I do because who, who in the TV world or the regular world thinks that marijuana increases your focus? Not too many people, right? It's very thought of as a very distracting dude, you know, kind of like Spicoli and all that kind of stuff. And, and, I, and it, it is partly that. Like I, some of the patients that I see, I'm like, all right, act a little smarter, but, you know, it's like, who am I, who am I to tell someone? And, you know, there's a guy that comes to see me. He hasn't seen me in a while, but people pay him to go to parties and do weird things, but he's got 
chronic pain in his leg that he broke doing something stupid. And, you know, when I see him, I think, like, you know, like, you should try to be, but, you know, like, how can I tell a guy that he should be more serious? Like, I, I'm, you know, so, anyway, I think back to what I'm saying is, like, when I talk to someone and they say that marijuana helps increase your focus, I realize that they, they have appreciation of uh, the way it works for me because if I use marijuana, I want my life to be better because of it, not to just have time pass or to be, like, zoned out or watch TV or whatever. I want, it, it stimulates my mind, it helps me think more. I thought another thing that was fascinating was about your presentation. It said, uh, the, the first director of the DEA, uh, he said that uh, marijuana was evil or whatever it was, going to be illegal because African Americans uh, think of themselves as equal to the white man. So what does that tell you? Marijuana was te- bringing that guy, that African-American, he was thinking clearly, you know? And that's the, what I think that marijuana helps me do, is it helps me sometimes think in a way, it's not commonly accepted, but it, it helps me think in a way that I find as like uh, a possible truth. I don't think I can think of truths, but I think I can like get directed in this way. So I think marijuana is a very helpful thing. I think it's helping a lot of people. I think CBD is, is very promising. And uh, I'm hopeful, I mean, if, if it does work, if the CBDs do work, there's still a lot of political things that you'd have to figure out and, like, and stuff that I don't really understand, but uh, that would be another awesome thing that would come out of this, I think. So let's, let's talk, because I think, you know, a lot, there's a lot of doubters in the medical community. You know, I'm kind of ambivalent, you know, I try to be in neutral, but there's a lot of people who doubt that you know, there's a lot of medical merit to this. And what do you say to those people who would look at what you do and say, what, what are you doing? What, what, what's the proof that you have? What do you say to the doubters? So uh, I would just say, you, I, my, I would put an open invitation out to any, anyone, really, if you wanted to. And if, if it got overwhelmed, that would be difficult to figure out how to do that. But I'd be happy to have some, anyone come. And if the patients are okay with it, then I would ask, I'd have to kind of ask them individually. But they've never been, had a problem with it. Uh, and and uh, it's really only happened a couple times. But to kind of hear and ask questions as well. Because uh, it's something that, like, now that I'm into this, like, I have my own perspective and I kind of... Uh, think of things my way, but it's fun to kind of get a healthcare provider in there who has a different perspective and might have other questions, because I don't know how the patient's going to answer them. And, you know, they're not offensive questions. Uh, I think figuring out whether it helps people, works or not, is going to be important. I would be be doubting of anything that, that found that it doesn't help some people with pain and nausea and and things. I, I wouldn't be surprised about cyclic vomiting syndrome. The one thing I would suggest about that is the first question I get, or I, I ask when someone tells me that they've recently been diagnosed with cyclic vomiting syndrome, uh, I just ask them, like, the timeline of things. When did you start? And I don't, I try not to make a big deal of, of it because if they haven't thought about it, I don't want them to kind of put it together that I'm asking, like, did you start nausea before, uh, before you marijuana or was it the other way around and i don't i don't get the impression that we have a great idea what's going on there i don't i wouldn't say you can make diagnosis based on some stuff like that i I think that's kind of dangerous i think you have to wait and kind of figure out what the science is and that's what i i'm i'm for both sides you know like i 
I would love there to be more science. There's not a lot of science. It doesn't, it, the only thing it really means to me is there's not a lot of reading at night to do. You know, there's just, there isn't a lot of science about it. And I would, I would like to, I would love to read it because then I could bring that to these people who are, again, coming to me for hope as well as like treatment. So, so you know, you're saying that for the people who are doubting, you're inviting, come yeah. see what I do, come see yeah, the effect really that you have on your patients. patients. I can and tell you all the stuff and it's all coming through the filter of my brain. But if, if you come and talk to them, then you ask their questions, and if you don't like their answers, you don't like their answers. But if you do, then it, you would become, even over the short period of a few patients, you, you would probably, hopefully, see what, what I see. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. But I, I believe that I'm helping people, and I believe that and the only way I'm helping people is helping them get access to marijuana. I think that the marijuana is the thing that's, that's really helps people, and it's a very individual thing that people find how it helps them, but I think that it helps a lot of different people slightly similar, sometimes different ways. So Dr. Pryor, right in front of you, we've got around 70 medical providers and fam family members of medical providers. Uh, on this podcast, we've actually got another around 1,000 doctors, nurses, paramedics who listen to it. So is there any last message that you want to give to your audience about you well, know, what you do? the first thing I was thinking was like, I, if all those people wanted to come hang out with me, we'd have to make a schedule or something like that. But, um, but I, would say, I would say a couple things. One, I think medical marijuana is in a little struggle right now, and I don't pretend to understand much out of what happens inside my office. Like I, I pay attention to what the state puts out there, and I follow every rule to the T. Uh, but I think that the struggle is going on because like, of things that I don't even know all the things. I just think that mar medical marijuana is going to mainly get pushed towards recreational. I hope that that doesn't happen here. I plan on trying to help to make sure that that doesn't happen. But uh, I think that we will lose something that's uh, greater than we, know, we currently can know if we just let it go to the recreational side. Uh, and again, there's just so much politics about it. I don't want to step in any of that. I just, I think it's a great thing that I've been able to get involved with and I, I hope this lasts for a really long time. And then uh, the other thing would be, uh, when you talk to your patients about it, just uh, try to learn from them. Uh, I think most people are willing to talk about their marijuana use if they feel that you're not going to come back around with, you know, the other hand and crush them. And, uh, and I think that that's, they, they, they're very open with me and, uh, you know, I'm, I've gone through all the traditional doctor stuff, so they could, they could be very uptight with me, but they just, they're very open with me. So I'd say uh, just be open and listen to what they're saying. They're going to say good things and bad things about it because, you know, that's the way it is. But, uh, it's, it, it will have some bad stuff, probably, and it, it will have a lot of good stuff. I, I hope the good stuff by far outweighs the bad stuff. But, you know, that's why there's scientists and toxicologists and pharmacists and everything. Uh, I, I'd say keep our eyes on the future. I'm, I plan on sticking around doing this for as long as I can. Well, thank you so much for coming up and giving us your perspective. It's a very unique one, one that I think a lot of our listeners have not had the pleasure of hearing thank firsthand. Thank you, and thank everybody. So thank you for, for, for doing that.